It's a special episode of Breaking Into because it's, you know, President's Day or not my President's Day. And it's also Black History Month, the shortest month of the year. But I have a guest who's going to love him. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking Into. Hello, you guys, and welcome to another edition of Breaking Into here on Black Hollywood Live. I'm your host, James Law Jr. And you know you can find me at James Law Jr. everywhere. Just type it in, and I will pop up. Some of the things you shouldn't look at, but the rest you should totally look at it, and it's fine. I have a great guest today. <laughs> He's already like, I'm laughing already. We have a great guest. I'd like to bring you guys really interesting people. And this person, I seriously am a fan of him and his work. And so I'm happy to have him on here. He's a creative director, political commentator. He has worked with Democrats and Republicans on stuff. That's all kind of things there. He is a host <laughs> of ABTV and BHL's Political Culture, which I'm going to be on his show February 28th. I'm scared. It's next week. It's next week. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> and he does other after shows here, too. He does other after shows here, too. So he does like, But he's also the 39th District Delegate to the California Democratic Party. That's a long title. It's my buddy, Drexel Hurd II. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Okay, I want to first start out with, because I'm a junior and you're the second. Correct. And there's always controversy, because there's senior and the third, those are all fine. Mm-hmm. But second and junior, I was always told, why aren't you the second? Why aren't you a so, junior? So, why, you know. This is the story that I think that I was told, or that, hey guys, hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm the lead host. Uh, <laughs> You're the lead host. I'm the lead host. We were, hello, we're, Ra- hello, Randy hello, Dodd. Hello. Randy Dodd's in the chat. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Drexel Hurt. Um, <laughs> so we were, I, I think the story is, is that my mom did not want people to be able to call me junior. There you go. So okay. the second is actually on my birth certificate. So when people are like, well, why is it the second? Like, why? Do you, that yeah. just sounds so pretentious. And I'm like, but that's my name. Yeah. Like, it's not even. Right. The juniors on my. Well, see, here's the thing. So I was told by some people, well, you're the second if you name your grandfather. Right. Or your father, you're a junior. But that's that's too complicated. Yeah, it's too complicated. My dad is the sen- is a senior. Oh, he is. Okay. So like my dad. But I mean, he just kind of put senior because people will confuse us. So he needed to put something after his name because I have yeah. something after my name. But sometimes it's like Drexel Heard and people just assume that. Well, it's funny. My father and I briefly worked in the same industry for a minute. And then we got some weird crossovers like James Lott. I like him junior. I'm professionally James Lott junior. It's one word. So, but see, then people expect me, if and when I had children, to to be for my son to be Drexel Heard the right. Third, and I'm like, no, because I don't want it to rhyme. But you want it to rhyme, <laughs> like you want it to rhyme, right? Like you want it to be that name because you want it to right. rhyme. I don't want that for my kid. Here's what's funny. I thought about that because I have two daughters, and I thought about so I couldn't name anything. I couldn't name them after me. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I could have, but it's been <laughs> weird. Um, but I have grandsons, uh-huh. and so there was a talk at first. To name one. Well, actually, my middle name is Harrison. We're going to do one as a Harrison. Harry- so I'm James Harrison Lot Jr. <laughs> That's crazy. So there's talk, but I never thought in the world I was going to do a third. I never, I never thought about continuing. Like, like Usher has like right. a fifth. Right. In his, in his life. I, I, never, I never thought about I thought Junior is done. It's fine. A lot of church folks like to go down the yeah, line. Yeah, do that. Or kings and queens. <laughs> I, can still Don- be, I can be a king without having naming a third and fourth and fifth. Right. I don't, need, I don't need all that. Or queen. I don't, I don't need any of that stuff. I don't need, I don't need the suffixes to make me feel important. Yeah. No, that's that's really what happened. And it's on everything that I, me too. That I have. Yeah. No, me too. I, I just want to get it's just a little lighthearted. Get back. I thought it was kind of funny. Because actually, it's a serious thing that people always ask me. Is that your, Is that part of your name? Like, no. It's on my license. It's on is my birth certificate. It's on my patent. It's James Lott Jr. Yeah. Jr. Do not call me James Lott. I'm James Lott Jr. Yeah. And if you go to, like, when I was, and you brought up just being the, the 39th district delegate 
I remember when we were looking at logos uh, for the campaign, and they actually incorporated the second into the campaign logo, uh, which I thought was really cool because I do put it on everything. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so we're gonna talk about that because I want because uh, I want to know what a delicate is. Delicate is. So I'm like, <laughs> what does that? What does the person do there? So I want to get that clear. But one of the things I want, I want to actually, so I want to show that clip now. I'm gonna oh, get gosh. that out the way. This clip made me laugh because it's kind of a little cross promotion in a weird way, and I found it randomly. Here we go. From an ideological uh, perspective, um, what Bernie Sanders uh, supported, what Bernie Sanders stood for, how anybody could go to vote for any Republican uh, at this point, unless they were super moderate, um, uh, in general, because, uh, you know, the things that Donald Trump was talking about, black folks, you know, obviously voted Democrat quite a bit Mm -hmm. over the past few uh, elections. Now, Democrats have taken care of black people in many ways. There have been some failures along the line in terms of policy, um, whether or not they could get stuff done that they really wanted to or they had to compromise on certain things. That's that's a policy perspective. I just realized <laughs> yeah. that we... We have we're on we're on a different show. It says breaking, it's my logo <laughs> for breaking into. We're breaking into politics. We're breaking into politics right now. And that's okay. So what um, that one is so, so that I found that randomly. So, um, I was doing research on yours because I've seen I've seen some of your shows, actually actual shows, but I wanted to find a couple of clips or something for you. Is that I, how you came up with this title, breaking into politics? Because they did bring it up on the show, they're breaking into politics. Yep. That's so funny. I. And you know that's the second time that, that's the first time that's happened to me where I've had to like stop because I think people forget that this is that we're always live in here yes, so yeah. anything can happen and I remember one time like the studio like shut down around us one day and I was like <laughs> what is happening or the air conditioner went off and we thought everything went down we yes. cuz when you folks don't know like when we get closed in these mm-hmm. doors we're closed in. We're closed we don't in. know what happens on the outside. No we don't. And so I was like what is happening? And then when you when you're like lead hosting a show mm-hmm. you're like do I continue? Right. I love it. I, don't know I got cross happens. promotion. Yes. My show did. I was like, that's my show. That I was intentional. I actually made sure that they put bringing it just so that I could bring that up so we would have to bring up your show. <laughs> I, love I love it. You know I'm a promoter. You know I'm a promoter. Hello to T. Michael Rodriguez. Oh, is he in the house? Yes, he's in the house. Hello. Yes, hello. I know him. Okay. Um, so one of the things I want to start with, something that I actually think I'm taking really seriously is that, you know, um, I'm of a different generation than you are. I never ask people to say their but age. But you, I mean, you might as well, I mean. I never say, I, I, I'm almost 50, so I never say people's ages because you know we're black folks we age well but I'm almost 50 so I come from I come from a generation where I was part of a lot of the firsts of stuff um, and then when I see people like you and when I sit here with you we're two black men who host shows who are sitting here together it's not very often we have that that's like non-sports or non like kind of right. crazy that we talk about serious subjects my show I bring I have I mean I have all kinds of subjects on the show and then your show of course political I almost get a little teary eyed a little bit. I think I think it's so I think it's so wonderful. Yeah, it's one of those things where I remember when I was younger, and and I, at one point I went to you know I was like oh I just want to be an actor blah, blah, blah. and and people always ask you know everybody has a different reason for wanting to get into certain things and part of the reason why I wanted to be an actor is because um, I wanted to be a person that people could look up to that did not look like this. Uh, when I when I first moved to Los Angeles uh, a few years ago, I started out here as a studio guide at Universal Studios. Okay. Now that guide class had, I'm sorry, the guide, entire guide program has, has about 300 guides in it. Okay. And when I was there, there were only about 15 to 20 black guides oh total God. 
in the entire program. And I remember getting, you know, there were several times where I'd be on a tram and, you know, there's 150 people on the tram or whatever, 140 people on the tram or whatever. And, you know, you find your, you know, the little black kids in there and you can see that they see themselves in that black guide. And so I think that those are the moments that people, you know, like I said, those are the times where you go, oh, this is why I'm in this. Not for me, where um, the same thing, with, with, whether or not it's politics, whether or not it's hosting a show on, on this network. You know, there is Black Hollywood Live, but there are crossovers in, in, in both uh, networks. So I think that it is, you have to be doing it for the right reasons. And I, I agree. That... But I know for me, I watch your, I, I am a fan of your work. I tell you that all the time. I, I see, I'm like, it makes me happy because I feel like the next generation is still, because, you know, I was... 25 years ago, actually this month, I was one of four black men who worked in the Castro District area in San Francisco. Nice. We all knew each other. There's only four of us. Three of us are still around. Um, but it was. But the fact that we were there made a difference. I was the first right. black person to run a store in the Castro. Right. Like I was, it was a big. I, I know those moments. <laughs> and like you said, so when other blacks came into the store and they saw me, they felt a little more relaxed. Right. And that's what I learned. Oh, it's the reason why I'm here. Okay, I got it. It's not just for me. Right. And I think that's that's how you produce better work. Because even though you want to do great work, the moment that you start to see that people are responding in a different way that's not in, in, for entertainment purposes, um, that's when the work becomes something bigger than mm-hmm. you. Now, when when did politics enter your? Were you like a student body kid? Were you like that kind of stuff? <laughs> like, where, where does where does politics come from for um, you? I yeah, I was like, I was always like straight A student and okay. class president. Not and, surprised. And Not surprised. Um, I I remember when my, I first ran for student body president, and my dad's a marine, so we, okay. we we moved all over the country. I went to like eleven different schools, and you lived in ten different places, and mm-hmm. um, and I remember we had moved to Japan. And I was like, I'm going to... I was a freshman and knew nobody coming to this new country. So moved to Japan, moving to a new school as a freshman. You're like the right. bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah. you know nobody. Right. And thank God for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire <laughs> that came out that summer because I would have been screwed that summer. <laughs> and I remember saying, I'm going to run for uh, student uh, class vice president. Okay. And I did this whole speech. Now, if folks that know me, like... Like I did this, like I had my because our colors were green and white. I had this great green and white shirt on, and like I like was walking across. Like I, it was really a moment okay. where that's where I kind of like launched this interest in politics. Um, and then I, I think it, I think it kind of evolved with teachers because I had a lot of teachers that I respected a lot uh, growing up, but obviously my history teachers and my AP government teachers, those are the ones that really kind of pushed. And then it wasn't until my senior year of high school where my teacher, uh, my AP government teacher, made us start watching The West Wing. Okay, okay. And uh, so then that's when everything kind of got... I mean, other than being class vice president and class president and then down the line, like... The West Wing, I think... I'm 100 percent sure because Lin Manuel, who uh, uh, wrote Hamilton, like the West Wing, really launched, wow. really launched people's careers because yeah. that's where people learned politics. about politics. Yeah, or that's interesting. What, what you thought was politics? Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny because I, my father, uh, moved to Sacramento when I was 11 and worked for Senator Diane Watson, who was a senator here in Los Angeles, um, and he worked for her for years. He was a chief of staff, and I got a glimpse into politics. I realized I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because I, 
when I when I so it's really crazy, really crazy story. So when I was um, when you live in Japan, like I was there for freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school, and yeah. then I moved to North Carolina. Um, uh, and so when you're, because when you're a junior or sophomore, you're starting to look at colleges and different things like that. Yes. To look at colleges from afar is very difficult. Okay. Because you don't know where you're going to end up. And the way that the military works is that wherever your parents' um, residency is, that's where you get in-state tuition. Okay. Or if your parent is there, uh, stationed there, you get in-state tuition for the time that they're in that I knew state, that, which is crazy. Okay. And so I moved back to North Carolina. We were my senior year of high school, and that's how I ended up going to North Carolina State. Okay. And then, but I remember choosing between colleges, between Chapel Hill, between NC State, oh, and yeah. between East Carolina, and being like, hmm, what is a future political career like? And then, and then choosing my university based off of what my future would look like. Interesting. Um, and I always wanted to be a politician. I wanted to be the United States Senator from North Carolina. Okay. And I always thought to myself, oh, if you go to a public university in the state, that's, uh, that's, th- that's the narrative. Yeah. You're a hometown person. Oh, yes. Who yes. went to a public university? Yeah. You didn't go to private Duke. Oh, you didn't yes. go to super liberal Chapel Hill. Yeah. Um, and NC State was kind of that 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 kind of conservative, moderate to conservative, um, which is where I stand on politics uh, mostly. That kind of viewpoint and um, not conservative, but like in that moderate, that yeah. uh, middle to left uh, thinking. But um, yeah, so I think that that was another. I wanted to be a politician, and then I was like. I think I say too many things like out loud that that might get me in trouble. That might not make me a good politician. And then I and I figured I'd make a much better uh, behind the scenes like chief of staff. Oh, okay. Now that's very God, so smart of you. Were you always that kind of kid? Were you always was everything always kind of? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I. I even think ahead now when I do my daily work now. Like, I'm working, I could be working on a project now, but I'm already thinking about, like, I was at work today and, and I was, I'm planning an event for March, but I'm already thinking about what's in May. And I told my boss that today, I was just like, I gotta go. It's the next thing. What's next? It's May. May is next. And But I think that you do, but I, I don't like surprises, and that's why. Okay. I don't like to be put in a situation, and, and if you listen to Making Oprah, which if you have not listened to Making Oprah podcast, okay, I haven't heard you it. will love it. Okay. If you're an Oprah fan. And they talk. Oprah talks about not liking surprises, because I think that when you are surprised, you're unprepared for what's next, and you cannot adjust yourself. Well, see, I'm a professional <laughs> organizer and life coach by trade. That's what I do. We're going to have a life coach session at Iyanga? <laughs> I have a certified life coach. I paid money to go to school. <laughs> coach Training Alliance, I did. I graduated my, my degrees. Um, but yes, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a life coach and I get paid to talk to people. Nice amounts of money. Um, it's fun. <laughs> I know. I trust me. I went to school. It was crazy. It was I'm a lot of hard work. I'm about to lay on my couch. Okay, you're like, I'll talk to you about yourself. I'll talk to you about yourself. No, but I. But no, I was always a naturally um, big picture kid. Right. I always was the big picture of everything. I was always like organized. And it just kind of it fell to me ten years ago. I should be an organizer. Everything I've ever done was like I like organizing. Right. Like, I see things larger than what they are. I try to plan for them. But see, I don't mind surprises so much. I don't mean to me. It's almost like it's part of life, and things can happen anyway. It whether stresses you know. Me out. It stresses me. I don't know why. I think it's because maybe I had a bad experience once where somebody just like Mm. hopped up and I came out of nowhere. But I think that it's because I'm constantly aware of what other people, how other people are. I try to be aware of what's happening around me. That if I react a certain way, then it's going to affect what's happening around me. And so I don't, I like to have an at least an idea of what's Mm. going on. Um, I don't like surprise parties. I never had one before. (laughs) That's so funny. 
I that would. is. A, and see, if I, I did I, have a surprise party, I probably would plan it myself. <laughs> see, I see control issues. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, there's there, no, there's a thing. No, I, I, that's fine. I, mean, I understand that. But you know, for me, I, I kind of learned after it took me like thirty years, but I did learn to kind of things happen, and so I have to go with the flow a lot of times. Let go and let God. Let go, let God. It's how you handle it. I mean, <laughs> how you handle it. But I like to let it go up there, but like not let it go out there. I don't want other people controlling. There should only be one person controlling. And if it's going to happen like that. Just saying. I love it. I love it. Okay, so now, what do you consider? Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Say it. Like, just what, what are you? Democrat. You're a Democrat. I noticed, that, of course, because I was a Hillary fan also. Mm-hmm. And so, and if you watch this show, they, they get they break it down. They get into it. And they have great guests on there. Like I said, I'm very scared. I'm going on the show. I usually don't. It'll be politics. a lot of fun. No, I'm not fun. I'm have fun. I mean, I'm going to be James Bond Jr. No matter what. That's the purpose. Yes, it's going to be fun. But I usually don't talk politics that much. I've done it. I've done it a few times on this show, but I don't really talk that much. But I was a Hillary fan also, mm-hmm. and I feel like there was she wasn't charismatic enough. That's why. She, that's one of the reasons why she did. Now we want this kind of entertain me. Um, uh, kind of thought now these days, very infotainment. What are your thoughts about that? Also, um, I think that it's hard. I'm trying to think of charismatic female politicians because they're not out no. there, right? So I, so the characteristic of Hillary Clinton not being charismatic mm-hmm. has probably has a lot to do with the uh, what women have to deal with. In any profession. Yes. And so I always kind of rejected that because I'm like, that's a a hard sell to people who are feminists, to people Mm -hmm. who... Understand what ha- what's ha- what happens in the workforce and how hard women have to work just to get where yes. they are. Yeah. Um, you know, people look at Elizabeth Warren. I look at Elizabeth, and I love Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren. Yeah, She's not a very big personality. She's just fiery. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And so, you know, whether Hillary Clinton was fiery back then, and then people just kind of broke her down mm-hmm. over a thirty-year period. Yeah. And here, this is the this is after all that brick broke. You know, after what everybody kind of put her through, this is the this is what mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was left with. And, um, but I think that when it comes to, you know, it's that old adage that people talk about, uh, um, Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line. And, and I actually talked about it in, in my speech when I was running, which was Democrats have to fall in love and in line at a certain point because the policies, you know, we went through this whole primary where we were all talking about the same stuff. We're all saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about it in different ways. Yes. We were talking about it in different approaches. Yes, I believe in free. Yes, we all believe. We all believe that college should be affordable for everybody. Yeah. How do we get to that point? Right. We all believe the healthcare should be the right for everybody. How do we get to that point? Like, we were talking in circles around each other, and that was a problem for me. And um, and I think that you're never going to find a candidate who is. Even Bernie's, even Bernie Sanders, to to all of the credit that he brought into this Democratic primary, if you look at the where he is now, he's a compromiser. He is what he is what Sanders supporters did not Giving want the, Hillary Clinton well, to started. be. Yes. Right, you know, and so it, you know, where he's like, oh, I'll work with Donald Trump if he wants to this and the third. Well, that's not what your people are saying. No, it's not. very different, and I'm not trying to, you know, I right. I talk a lot about Bernie Sanders or just during the primary, but that could go for any Democrat. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at what's happening with Tulsi Gabbard, and I, mm. if, if you follow me on Facebook, I am very critical of Tulsi Gabbard. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, so you're just going to have a little, a, little, a little flight over to, to Syria mm-hmm. without telling anybody. Right. In a way that makes you look a little bit more 
yeah. right, a little bit more right and hawkish, yes, right. and hawkish yeah. than than yeah. um, than a lot of the left wing Sanders supporters. What's funny for me because I had I had this <clears throat> discussion with many millennials uh, during the campaign. Um, I found it interesting that everybody was going towards two old white men. Um, it was like Bernie Sanders on one side, Trump on the other. To me, they're all screaming. And, there, and was, what was psychologically fascinating to me was that they're both old white men. Right. And people were worshiping, them, worshiping both. And I thought, this is really interesting. Like, this is it's unprecedented to me. Like, you never saw that before. And I was like, what's that about? Like, either one was, they both would get on my nerves. But it's like, the supporters were so fanatical. And they were a, lot, a lot of them were very young. I was right. like, why would you go after some old guy? Like, what, like what's that about? Here's, here's what, I, what I, and I talked about it on my show a couple of weeks ago. What I like to think, and I do not want, people to misconstrue what I'm about to say because I don't I, maybe they can whatever but, yeah, whatever. Um, but I always find, found that a major, not a majority but a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters uh, and Trump supporters were a little cultish and I find that if you go if you look at the, the message that Barack Obama was talking about people did not vote for Barack Obama because of Barack Obama they were they voted for Barack Obama because of Barack Obama's message. Yes. If you look at where if you have a conversation with Bernie Sanders supporters or Trump supporters, it is about the person first. Yes, it is. And not the message after that. If you could have if if, if Democrats could have if left wing Democrats could have gotten off of the Bernie Sanders train and just listened to the message that mm-hmm. Democrats were putting forth, a majority of the country leans left. Majority of yeah. the country leans yeah. left, and not necessarily left on economic issues because right. we all nobody wants the government. Nobody wants to be taxed. No, right, no right, actor right. wants to be taxed. No right. person making no server wants to be taxed. Nobody right. wants to have to pay the government all of this money. So yes. yeah, that's where we align with Republicans properly yeah. on tax issues. Yeah. But when it comes down to social issues, when it comes down to environmental issues, we are all on the same side, and um, we all speak the same language. But the messaging was different. So if you come to me and say, oh, well, you know, the term Bernie Kratz, and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> should not be a term. Yeah. If Bernie Sanders wants to be a part of the Democratic Party, Tulsi Gabbard, if Elizabeth Warren, if Hillary yeah. Clinton, this was, and I always say, this was not, the Democratic Party was not the party of Hillary Clinton. It was not the party of Barack Obama. It was not the party of Bernie Sanders. It was not the party of Elizabeth Warren. It's not their party. Mm-hmm. It is the Democratic Party. Yeah. If you look at the Republicans, Republicans don't go, oh, this is Trump's party. Right. Oh, this is Paul Ryan's party. They don't right. do that. Right. They low. This is the Republican Party. This is where we stand. This is it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing mm-hmm. like. They just don't make it about a person, and that's the fall in love, fall in line bit of it. Because you cannot. We cannot go into. You know, we're about to the DNC chair races this weekend. Okay. And Tom Perez is on the ballot. Keith Ellison's on the ballot. Pete Buttigieg is on the ballot. Sally Blunt Brown. There's a lot of Democrats on the ballot, but folks are making it a. Perez Ellison race when it shouldn't be that, which is essentially a Sanders Clinton race uh, to a lot of people, okay. and so we got to get out. Democrats have got to get out of that mindset of oh Keith Ellison is Bernie Sanders guy, yeah. Oh Tom Perez is, is Hillary Clinton's guy. No, they're not. Yeah, they are very smart people yeah. who are capable of running the Democratic Party, and we should not be looking at them as oh they're aligned with that person, so we can't vote for them. Yeah. That's stupid to me. They're yeah. both saying the same stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what is a delegate? And you ran and won, so you won something. I'm like, <laughs> he won something. So I'm like, this is this is amazing. So you ran for an office and you got it. So everybody remembers um, doing the primary. You, got, yes. you have your delegates to the Democratic National Convention, uh, which I actually read run for 
um, in May of last year okay. to be one of Hillary Clinton's delegates to the convention. Okay. Um, lost, but it was great. It was okay. my first time in my district. Um, it was a good time. Met a lot of great people. And uh, I was like, okay, well, what's next after that? And um, just like those folks that go to the convention, each state party has a convention. Yeah. And which is where, so the Democratic Party, whether that's Nevada Democratic Party and the Democratic parties that kind of control um, the message. Excuse yeah. me, and the policies that uh, the party wants to put forth. So, delegates are the people who go to those conventions, or go to those meetings, okay. go to their districts, have those conversations with the Democrats in their area to find out um, what policies need to be put forth, okay. the rules of how to get those policies out, mm-hmm. and the message that Democrats across the state wow. now need to be talking about. Okay. And what people, and I talked about this when I was running, is that people forget you know what we saw during the primary and how important delegates were is the same is true for state parties as well okay. so if you are going to if you're going to look at california has a supermajority of democrats the governor oh, yeah. the house the state the senate mm-hmm. um a majority of the congressional districts a majority i mean you've got two democratic senators kamala harris being elected yes my girl so, i love her I knew her from years ago, I so yes. Her. She's going to be a good vice president. I, feel um, like I agree with that. And, uh, I, that. I, I agree with that completely. Let me just put that out in the world. No, I agree with you on that um, And then, so we'll go, so we have our convention in Sacramento in May. Okay. Uh, this year we are electing a new state party chair. Okay. Um, and, and then the policies. And what people forget is that California, obviously the biggest state in the union other than Texas, um, the policies that come out of California for Democrats are really the national policies sense, for Democrats yeah, across yeah, the country. Yeah. Because we're like kind of like the test case. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens in California, you know, yeah. kind of gets pushed across the country. What are your thoughts on Cory Booker? I like Cory Booker. And I've I like always liked Cory Booker. I think that Do he you got, think he's electable later into I higher think, offices? I, I think that when you have states like New Jersey, people kind of look Right at it, and you go, oh, that's New Jersey, though. <laughs> um, no offense to my friends here from exactly. Jersey. Exactly, I love, I love but, Jersey. But... I think that Corey, I think right now we're in a weird, like I said, we're in a weird place because people, there's this, what I like to call liberal purity test, which I think is stupid. Um, and I find that Cory Booker almost didn't pass that liberty, liberal purity test mm-hmm. when he voted against prescription, pres- oh, the yeah. prescription drug bill. Right. However, Cory Booker didn't vote for that prescription drug He comes from a state. People forget that when you come from a state... Your interests, your, the state's the interests state, are your, state, interests. Yeah, your interests. Yeah, And so if you are looking at it from a state's interest, it's like, do you vote for the state or do you vote for the national yeah, interest? And I think as a United States senator, your obligation is to the people who voted for you. Yeah. And I think Cory Booker made that decision. Not yeah. only was he looking at it from a state's perspective, but, hey, those drugs that are coming over from Canada still aren't up to par yeah. with what I would like them to be. And yeah. I think that's where that vote landed. Do you see things through black eyes? I do not. Okay, so to explain that to you, do you see you see them as just a, a man of a certain age, certain class? You see them that way, or I mean, how do you how do you see things? Um, I kind of see things through. It depends on the situation. I'm okay. very like situational. Okay, like I can recognize I recognize the things that we have to go through on a daily basis. What folks don't realize is that there's never 
and I might be revealing that I don't want like racist people to come at me because I've never experienced it before. <laughs> but like in my years, yes. I've never, <laughs> I've never been in a lot of the situations that okay. a lot of my friends have been. Okay. in. So I can't speak to those. And I talk about that a lot. I was okay. I was doing a thing. Uh, a I was having a conversation last year with a group of of, um, of my uh, black friends and white friends who were in a room together, and we were having a conversation about what to do. This is after all the shootings. And I was moderating this thing, and I remember saying, "I can't speak to that because I've never experienced that." So it'd be, Same. it would be, it would do you guys a disservice. Irresponsible, for me, irresponsible for yeah. me to just make something up, or to say, "Oh yeah, but maybe it should be like that." Well, I don't know what it should no, be no, like because right. I've never been in that situation before. So, um, you know, like I said, my dad was a colonel, and oh, wow. you know, there's only there's like 400 colonels in the Marine Corps, and yeah. probably like 50 of them are black. Wow. So uh, this was back then when he was yeah, yeah. You know, in the colonel, but still the number is super low. Yeah. So I, I recognize that piece of it, and like I said, it's the same. It, I, I'm not a woman, but I recognize what women go yeah. through. Yeah. So it, I try not to. I try to see it from a an open perspective okay. when I approach people, okay. because being a military kid, I have to. Ad- yeah. Military kids have to adapt or are taught to adapt to situations as they come to you. Mm, so okay. I should be able to walk into a room, figure out what's happening, adapt myself to that situation, okay. and then come out okay. But you haven't you haven't had any situations that where you weren't able to adapt? They, they, they just people were letting you adapt to it? You um, can think of? Not that I can think yeah, of. That's good. Maybe. maybe that's good. And if I did, I probably just removed myself pretty remove quickly. It. Okay. Because I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Obviously... This is not my vibe. Okay. I, I'm pretty good at taking myself out of. Well, no, I always, I always tell people all the time. You know, you know, not all black folks are the same. We all, we're all very different. We all grew up very different. Because like, I've had, I mean, obviously, I grew up in different time periods, so I had lots of racist experience. Right. And I was part of desegregation in the kids, a kid in the '70s, and all, all that, all that stuff. And so, I, I told people that we don't, we don't all see things the same way. And I feel like that's part of our problem, in some right. way too, while we're not coming together as one kind of unit some other other races come together a lot of times and we don't because we're so vast right and then that's a, that's a class thing you yeah, know everybody's so different you know I grew up in a middle class yeah. black family my dad was an officer like my experiences are very different yeah. um, but we also grew up in I also grew up in Savannah you're in the south I'm not going to south hello I'm and in Savannah so, so when I when I say that I've never experienced that part of I think I never experienced it at a time where I could understand it okay so, you know, maybe after 14, yeah. 13, 14, I just, it just was never a thing. Yeah, yeah. Or people were saying things that I just kind of uh, like yeah. blocked it out or just yeah. didn't even think of it. I thought it might have been funny at the time or Haha, funny, funny, whatever. Yeah. But I never got offended by it. Maybe if people were saying it now, I'd probably be like, hey, he'll pump the brakes. <laughs> yes. But that's not something that we have to deal Being with. Being a commentator time. host, how has that informed you? In just your own personal life, in terms of politics and stuff, because it's just what you do actually for now, you're doing this um, on the camera. I find that I have to listen a lot more than I did when. Interesting, you know, because you do think when you're having conversations with people, um, you do think that you are listening, but sometimes you're just not listening. Right. And as a host on my political show, I have to be an active listener. I have to be mm-hmm. writing things down. Um, we were talking at the top of the show where I was like, sometimes I block on other shows though. Sometimes not on my political shows. Sometimes I like, I'm like, what's for dinner? <laughs> what am I? What do I have to do tomorrow? But but on political shows, I'm usually like, what are they about to say? And if you watched Trump versus Hillary last year, oh, yeah. I mean, 
It was. I mean, I could. I I can get a little testy sometimes. Yes, you can, folks. If I Mm -hmm. think, if I think that a person is not truthful, I know we're in this in this world now where where facts don't mean anything. Right. So during the campaign last year, whether or not it was people attacking Bernie Sanders, whether or not it was people attacking Hillary Clinton, whether or not it was people attacking Donald Trump. People like to say crazy things, yes, they do. and they don't like to vet it. I mean, yeah. to the point where even today, the things that were that happened to Milo Yiannopoulos today, you're like, you can't just say stuff and expect people not to respond or not to, um, or what you say has Catch consequences. Catch a feeling. Well, and like, well, what and you right. say has consequences. Yeah. And I think that folks like Milo thought they could just say things mm-hmm. without consequences. And that's what happens when you have panel discussions. People think that they can say yes. things yes. and that I won't throw a Skittle at them. I'm sure. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm like, what are you even saying? Right. Now, do you ever read the comments? I mean, ever, I, I would say you for you. I'm sure. I, 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 but just so like you're like screw that noise. I wouldn't um, read. I, any I do comments. watch the comments on uh, my the after shows. Show. Yes. Uh, I don't read the comments on the political shows. Um, but because it, because you know the way that I mean, if you're on Facebook, if you follow me on yep. Twitter or whatever, I will respond to you on Twitter. I know you do. He does, folks. He because really does. I, I yes. do. Because I'm like, what are you even saying? Right. I remember I was. And and my fiance will tell you like I could, when I'm in a debate on like if I'm on Facebook like that's it yes well and I, I could tell, be there for an hour I tell people all the time this is my brother Jr I use this I use this analogy my Facebook page is not a democracy it's a dictatorship so whatever I post on my page it's up to me and right. it's my business you don't like it bye bye so people try to well I can no 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 that's my page I'm saying like for yours like because I follow you and stuff that's like people try to come for you sometimes I'm like they yeah he, he, he works it out it's his page folks. and then I'm but I don't delete anything but I'm usually right. like after a while yeah I think after you can engage with people so long yeah. until you're like. This clearly isn't going anywhere. right, and I think what people go into, and I, and this is just for anybody, when you're on social media with people, you're having conversation with people. A, you have to know the limit. You okay, have to, yes. you have to, you have to, yeah. you got to know where the line is and mm-hmm. where you're not getting anywhere, and and you also have to kind of like figure out like you're not going to change people's mind right. in that instance. You got to give them time right. to go figure out what is happening. Like I had somebody jump on. And didn't think we were going to fact check them in the in the moment. Yes, but those are the people that you're like. I fact checked you. Now it's your job. Now I'm not. I'm not here to teach you. Right, right. It's not my. I'm not your teacher. No. If you get, if you got to go to Barnes and Noble, crack open an <laughs> AP government book and look through some and, and yes. figure out. You know, crack open the Constitution because you may not know it, Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, those are the things that you have to be yes. like aware of. And but it's not my job to teach you. I'm not your. I'm not your teacher. I'm not your parent. Uh, no, I love that. No, it's true. No, it's actually it's true. I mean, do you, I mean, so do you have a thick skin? I, I do. Well, does anything bother you? A lot of things. Okay, me. Like, okay, <laughs> guys, I was like, sure. no, because I have a thick skin. So I mean, trust me, I get all. I, I do soap shows, and trust me, those fans are like, he's as fat, and he's this. And, oh my god, because I hate a character. They'll attack my my appearance. And so I have a thick skin now, but every once in a while something will come through. And I'm like, this kind of bothers me. But I, I, mean. I, I, I have a thick skin. I get annoyed very easily. <laughs> okay. I do. The uh, Tim will tell you. I get annoyed what, very what easily. What sign are you? I'm a Pisces. Oh, you bring your birthday. Come My up. birthday is coming up in like uh, three weeks. That's so funny. A Pisces with all yeah. that water. Mm-hmm. It is, but people don't realize Pisces takes a sign from pretty much. From pretty much everything. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, you guys much, can't see that, but yes, I um, agree. 
pretty uh, Pisces takes a, a characteristic from each of the signs because the last in the zodiac. Oh yeah, so right, right. I right. pretty much yeah take, can navigate take, can navigate through everything, but I get annoyed um, pretty easily when it comes to like stupid stuff. If I think that you're asking, I get annoyed when people ask questions for the wrong reasons mm. or they have a different mo. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can see what you're doing right, right now. Right. Do you you can't as my dad would say, you can't fool a fool. Okay. You know, so don't I try I, me. I, you know, don't try me. You know, or, or I tell you, don't act new, <laughs> because we've all been there before. Yes. Don't act brand new. Yes. Because then I'll go buy. Something I know. No, I know what you mean. There's some things people say things. You're like, okay, I know where you're coming from. Just with that statement, I know exactly. I know what you're trying to do. Right. And we're not buying it. Right. Like I don't. And that does bug. Which is like watching the Trump administration. I I see what you're trying to do. You're yes. trying to confuse the crap out of everybody. Yes. But some of us are smart enough to right. not fall for whatever's right. happening right yeah, now. Whatever's happening, yes. Alternative facts. And I, yes, and I will say there are some smart people out there. <laughs> Please, oh my God, I hope there are. Um, but just back to, back to us. I didn't know. I uh, I I, like, so I watch your show sometimes, and I and I I think you could be on CNN. You could be on anything. I think you're so good. Hey at what CNN. You do. Hire him. He's ready. You can I'm do ready. it. You can Bump do it. Van Jones. Just put me on. I'll be there. Oh, I like Van. I do love Van. But just make a spot for you, too. Yeah. Is that, is that me or you? Is Siri you? was trying to talk to us. Uh, sorry, quiet. He wanted us you. to call Van Jones, even though I have his number. <laughs> Siri, do you have Van Jones' number in my phone? And I just don't know it. And I love him. Um, but no, I mean, it's a, but I think you did such a great job. So Thanks. your future, as you kind of see it right now, is it commentator host or is it politics? Or is it both? That's a good question because I am a very private person. So the idea okay. of Politics. being a politician is very Ugh. is very hard for me. And I think that people are always like, you need to run, you need to run for that, you need to run for that. And I'm like, yes, but my one of the things that people forget is that being a politician is not just about you, it's about your family as well. Yes, it is. And so... I the, remember. You know, so the idea of putting people through, you know, Barack Obama used to talk about it all the time, like, how many times you have to ask Michelle to run? Like, she didn't even want him to run. Yeah. You know, so... But I think that's for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm about to... You know, I have a fiancé, blah, 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 blah. I've got brothers, I've got family members. Mm-hmm. So the idea of putting people through that scrutiny mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm close to or that I'm family with is tough because not only are they going to go after your family, but they're also going to go after your close friends as well. And that's the problem. When you're in, when you're a comment, when you're on TV or you're doing this or whatever, people don't really go after. No, like no. they don't. Ca- they kind of care about your personal life, a bit, but yeah. only how much you give them. That's true. As a politician, you are Theirs. as people like to, as people like to say you. They are the employers, mm-hmm. and so they want to know what your life is about. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we went through a primary last year and a general election where. I did not think I did not feel like there was enough vetting of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And I did not feel like there was enough vetting of Donald Trump. I agree, I agree with that. And I agree with so that. but it worked. Yeah. People may or may not have cared what their past life was like mm-hmm. because they were so focused on the on what they were saying out loud, which is fine. Yeah. So if we're gonna move into that era, yeah, absolutely I'll yeah. run for office. Yeah. But I think at the same time I I, I don't listen, there were times like anybody, everybody goes through a struggle yeah. at certain points. And I think that everybody makes mistakes along the line. And I think that, you know, I don't want, like, people being like, but what happened there? And what happened there? Right. Because then you have to, like, drudge up all of this old stuff. And you're like, but that was so long ago. I didn't even mm-hmm. worry about that. I, w- I was starting to write a book 
and it was gonna it it's going to be about how being a military kid uh, shaped my politics. Oh, very good. And I was like. Hey, I don't remember half the stuff that happened okay. when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how yeah. you read people's books and you're yeah. like, "How do you remember that anecdote?" <laughs> I can barely remember what happened last week, and I'm sitting here trying to write a book about what happened, you know, X amount of years ago. Yes. But as a military kid, you just forget those things. Yeah. You probably survival instinct kicks in. You're it's survival like... instinct, but you're moving every three years, or every four years, or every two years, or whatever. Yeah. And you you blank out the next. It's on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, you know, I, uh, my father, I, I had to, do you speak about that? He was a Michael Moore uh, uh, sicko movie. And I didn't know that until um, I started getting a barrage of phone calls because they're like, James Lott, is that your father? My father didn't look good in it because there's a scene, but I don't mind because now it's been, it's been years since the movie's been out. It's out there. YouTube? Yeah, it's going there. And so you see my father, who is the vice president of the Health Association of Southern California. And he says, Mentally, Skid Row is the best bet in town to drop off mentally ill patients, and they cut it. Now, I'm sure he said more stuff. Right. Which is what they'll do to you. <laughs> I'm sure, but I, I had to chuckle. My father and I don't get along, so I had to chuckle a little bit about that. <laughs> but, the, but the point that I'm bringing up is that all of a sudden I was getting a barrage of phone calls and emails right. like, oh my God, you're fine. What's going on? And they're asking me questions, giving me an interview. I'm like, Okay, no, I don't. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. Right. I don't want to talk. It's not my. It's not my business. It's his stuff. I don't want to add to it. Right. But you're right. They come after you and your family and what's going on. And my sisters were getting call. Everybody was getting phone calls. We're like, no. Oh, and I think that. that has a lot to do with the fact that as a military kid, when your parent is getting promoted, the way that uh, uh, other than merit, yeah, they also look at your family. Yes. And so people don't know that part of what happens right. when they're when they're when they're looking at who to promote next. Yeah. And so the idea of having to look at the family and having to look at what's happening, like that's crazy to me. Yeah. And that's just not something that I think that I would want to put people through. So as my longtime viewers have watched sixty something episodes of the show, I ask the same two questions Uh-oh. of the guests. They don't I don't tell them or prep them ahead of time. I didn't get prepped for any I didn't even know that clip that you were gonna show at the beginning no, of the nothing. show. I got nothing. Just trust James Lott Jr. I know. Um, and so this question I'm going to ask you, because I believe in language and how it can really affect everything that happens in your life, good or bad or different. What word do you think we should take out of our vocabularies in the English language? <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm on Inside the Actor's Studio. And exactly. I got these last two questions um, kind, of, kind of because of that, yes. And I get the most interesting answers from people sometimes. So um, it's I think that, God. Um, God, how long do people usually take to answer this question? Because it depends. I, it depends. People, it depends, I mean, I'm like, what word do I use? So, where's the other question? So, I'll, give, I'll do the other use for you. The other question is, which word comes faster to you? What word do you think we should say more of in our, English, in our vocabulary? Just so like, what word should we not say anymore, and what word should we say more of? Um, I think that. Obviously, it's a cliche answer on the first one because I think the word can't. I have found that if you want, it's like this if you come, and I, and I, this is another thing that annoys me when people try to pretend like they don't have time. Oh my God, yes, okay, yes. Because I'm like, if I have time, you have time. Well, you know, if I have time, you know what I mean? I'm but always like, busy, yes. But I'm like, it right. takes two seconds to text me back, mm-hmm. it takes five minutes to give me a call it takes two minutes to shoot me an email like you got it whatever yes um and it annoys me uh, and so the word can't like i can't do something in your (coughs) excuse me in your professional life because if you want to do something you will do it it's like if people want to see you 
They will do everything they can. Here's what to I see say. You. I break it down. This this simple as I break it down. Do you take a dump every day? <laughs> that takes five minutes. Exactly. You can text me back. If you're like me and you're like, well, oh, I just got a tweet right now, and I'm sitting. Well, I do not talk like, but my whole point is, do you take time to take a dump every day? Then you have time to text me back when I text you for something that's right. important. Right. Yeah. So I think the word can't because. Because we're in an age where you, I think that, and I think that what people forget about AfterBuzz too, and what I love about this network is that it gives us a platform to do shows that we really want to do. Yeah. Um. You know, when political culture came up, I was like, I really want to do this show, uh, but I really want to change it up, and they mm-hmm. give you the freedom to do that. If you have an idea, it's like if you watched the movie Joy with. Yes, um, I did watch it with, uh, with, with Joy Mangano. Yeah, yeah. And she had an idea. She was the it. best. And the, and the, yeah, yes. and but I think that people get into, into their head like I can't be a good actor, so I'm not going to go out and do it. I can't be a politician because I'm going to do that. I can't be a good writer. I can't be a good draw. I can't be an engineer. I can't do this. And mm-hmm. that's how that it will always stop you from doing mm-hmm. that. And if I said all day, oh, I can't, I can't be a host, or I can't be mm-hmm. a an event planner, or I can't, or or if I went to Universal and was mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't make a great guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and those and if people don't know, being a studio guide is one of the hardest auditions. Oh, I know, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I know, I'm sure it is. And so. but if you go in there thinking that you can't do that, then you're not going to do. Well, it. my thing I always say to people in my life coaching practice, when they say, "Well, what if this doesn't work? What if that?" Like, well, what if it does work? Right. I know it sounds very cliche and like non-revolutionary, but like it really is the truth. What if what if you are a success? Right. But I always tell people, don't say I can't, but always have a plan. Yes. Um, on the other side, the other yes. question, which is... Was what word do you think we should say more of? Um, or bring it back into our vocabularies. I think that... And I think this is just for me, too. Okay. I think I actually have to use the word please a little bit more. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, can you please do this? Like, I just don't say that as often. I'm glad you just said that, because that's one of my pet peeves. I say it to the kids all the time. You say please and thank you. You don't just tell me what to do. I am notorious for a lot of thank yous. If you get an email from me, I'm like, thank you, exclamation point, exclamation point. Like, I'm a good old thank you. <laughs> but, like, it's very, not, not that it's hard for me to say please. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm so direct. Like, I'm ready to go to the next thing. And I'm usually like, hey, can we do this? Da, 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 da. And you, I think I substitute can for please. Okay. Like, okay. Can okay. we? Got it. Okay. Instead of, you do, know. So do, do it. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, or, you know, can you please do this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Say please more. Say please more. I'm I like try. please. That's I... my 2017 <laughs> resolution <laughs> is to say please more <laughs> and to say can't less. I, I, I actually like that. That is that is very, actually very unique. Oh, that one, of course. Um, what are some things you always kind of want to do that you haven't done yet? Outside, even maybe outside of politics, or just like something you'd like to try. Um. Well, I'm afraid of heights, so it won't be anything like. Oh, okay, you're afraid of heights. Related. Okay, I'm not even afraid. Yeah, I mean, I won't be bungee jumping anytime. Oh, so. that, screw that noise. Um, I would love to ski. Okay. I would love to. Um, I'm so simple. I well, those kind of questions like. I, we're doing wedding planning. I'm like, yeah. they're like, oh, what about this elaborate? one? I'm like, mm, if it were up to me, I'd just have like a barbecue. Okay. It'd be good. Like, I'm just so simple. But like, so are you? So are you like that? Um, on your downtime, that actually leads to a better, even a better question. On your downtime, are you just like, like I forget garden. about the world? Yeah, like I garden when I have my downtime. On my downtime, I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of the news. Okay. Um, 
I'm constantly doing something. And I think that's a problem. Like I said this year, I went into 20, going into this year, I said, oh, I'm going to cut out a lot of stuff. But then I realized I'm not that person. Here's some advice I'm going to give you. This is going to be some advice from James Lott Jr. Go lay on the couch. Give you some James Lott Jr. advice. Learn how to do nothing well. Mm. That's my advice. But then I'd just be doing nothing. No, it would drive me crazy. No, learn, learn, trust me. I know. I know. As a person person who does, you know, I do a lot of stuff too. I have radio shows and blog. I'm just telling you, learn how to do nothing well every once in a while. It will change your life. I'm just going to go home and cook. (laughs) But I can't. I can't go home. I got two other shows tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, trust me, as a a busy person who had a mini stroke three years ago, so I know know what it's like to say. I'm just telling you, it's a thing because you're you're a person, you're like like me in the sense that we're go getters. We're out there, we're doing stuff. I mean, you know, I'm always trying to do stuff and trying to affect change in the world. But I've had to learn how to do nothing well. Just just think think about it. No, no, I love it. I think that I, I. I really like to spend a lot of time with my friends. Okay. And like kind of go out That's and good. whatever. But um, other than that, I don't really do anything. <laughs> I'm actually a really boring person. If you come to my house and you're just <laughs> sitting on the couch with me, the chances of me like reading the news, doing this is 100%. Yeah. Like, I literally am not doing anything. I want to say just publicly, when my brother died, you were very nice to me afterwards. And we didn't know each other that well. And I want to say you gave me hugs. You were really nice to me. Asked me how I was doing. And I miss my brother every day all the time. But I just want to say that because people should be nice. Nice should be the norm. I say that all the time. And you're one of those people. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it, I, I don't think that people realize that when you lose. <coughs> excuse me. My mom passed away a few years ago. Okay. That when you lose a parent or when you lose a sibling or when you lose somebody that's in your family, that's in your immediate family, it is a very tough situation. So I do make it a point to, and I've had friends that have lost parents um, um, in the past year, um, family members that have lost parents in the past few years and uh, friends that have lost brothers and sisters, friends, whatever. It's a, the awareness of that, because I'm like, I would not wish that on anybody to go through that situation because you know what they're going through. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to go through. Mm-hmm. And you don't really get over it. Yeah, it's funny. It's been six months for me. So my, one of my best friends lost his brother two years ago. So almost a year, almost like a year later, I lose my brother. So when I saw him and I said to him, I now know what you're feeling. He goes, well, it was fine, James. In a year or two, someone's going to say the same thing to you. So you're always reminded on some level, yeah. and it's kind of this thing where I miss him just every day. Like it's just, I just yeah. something comes up. And it's been up. like six years since my mom passed away. So I mean, it's a it's a really I would not wish that on anybody. I totally agree with that. But I just want to say thank you because that was that was very kind of you. And there are people who are nice out there. There are people who are nice out there. Okay, so folks, I can talk to you all day long forever, but they won't let me do that. They won't. Well, oh, because really? we have other shows. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I could be James Lundy. So I'm going to do it. And we keep talking. But then no. But, but then we get they get more of us next week. They get more. Of us next, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see, I'm so I'll be on the other side. He'll be on the other side. You'll see. I'll be over there. Like, oh my yeah, god, right. what we're gonna say. Um, tell folks in that camera what where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me at Drexel Heard on Instagram and Twitter, and you can catch me tonight. I am doing the Good Fight as well as Quantico, and then tomorrow night we are live at 6 p.m. with Political Culture. And of course, you can follow our Breaking Into page on Facebook. Use the hashtag Breaking Into on Twitter at my uh, handle, James Lott Jr. You can follow my uh, my YouTube page, JLJ Media, of course, my blog, which is organizeduniverse.com, and my radio show, The SOS Show with James Lott Jr. Thank you so much for watching. I'll Thank see you, you next for time. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It. Bye, guys. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff. We would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, 
the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.